Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Vauvay in Ontario, Canada, with episode number 107 of The Yacking Show. This is the show for awakening you to new perspectives for the changing world we find ourselves in. Quick request, if you like our show, please subscribe to the channel you're watching or listening on. It helps our viewers get more exposure, and sorry, helps our guests get more exposure. Uh, and that's always good in case you're a guest one day. But the most important thing is it means you won't miss the next exciting episode with our next interesting guest. Enough waffle for me. So let me welcome Kathleen Beauvais in Waterloo, our co-host and the person who keeps this show on the right road. So welcome, Kathleen. Oh, thanks, Peter. And thank you. All. <laughs> thank you all so much for tuning into our show. We so appreciate you and we love reading your comments. So please keep them coming. And if anyone out there is interested in being a guest on our show, please don't hesitate to reach out to either Peter or myself. And as Peter mentioned, we have another special guest with us today. His name is Jordan Snyder. Jordan, welcome to the show. How are you today? Hello, friends. I'm great. How are you both doing? Good, thank you. Good to see you. Um, Excellent. Happy to be here. Thank you both for having me. <laughs> now, Jordan, you are the co-founder of Token Creative Services, a digital marketing agency. Can you tell our audience a little bit about your background and how you came to co-found the uh, Token Creative Service Services? Yeah, absolutely. You say creative services enough, it almost becomes like a little, little tongue twister. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, Token's journey, honestly, we're, 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 we're a pretty small shop. Um, I'd say we're, we're a pretty uh, young business as well. We've really only been operational for about six or seven years now. Um, but my journey starts with my co-founder and, and arguably my best friend, Mohsen Abdullah. Um, I actually believe that he was a guest speaker back in June, I want to say, on your show. He was. Um, so <laughs> he was. He was. It was a lot yes. of fun. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to match his level, energy level. I don't know if I can do it, though. Um, Honestly, Mosin is one of the most incredible people that I've ever met, and he is probably my own direct inspiration into getting into business and like in the inception of Token, I think primarily as well. So like seven years ago, uh, Mosin and I were like really, really good friends, and we noticed that one day that, you know, we had a really group, a uh, large group of networking of, of, of friends, and these were amazingly talented people. They were, you know, they were creative, they were artists, they were, they were, you know, developers, they were a whole treasure trove of people. And we saw them chasing their dreams, but we also saw that some of them got stuck in their day jobs or that they were just unmotivated to chase what was, I don't know, like kind of like an entrepreneurial life for their creative career, right? People like designers, developers, photographers, animators, like even social media influencers. Um, these are the kind of people that we saw. We're like, wow, you guys all do amazing things. It would be amazing if we could enable you, you know, to come together and do what you love without having to do the messy part of the business stuff, which is a little bit hit miss for them. Uh, and that's it. And, you know, today we still have a lot of those amazing people that we started the business with seven years later. And, you know, we continue to look for awesome, amazing people to help them chase their dreams. Excellent. Wow. That sounds, sounds really good. Well done. Good. So what, tell us about the client side. What, what sort of clients do you work with? Is it small business, entrepreneurs, large business? Oh God, yeah, it's, it's it's hard to really classify ourselves. I would say that uh, we work with businesses of all sizes. It's the mm -hmm. most political answer I could give. Um, but unlike most marketing companies that we compete with in market today, we've intentionally kept ourselves, you know, very generalized because we mm -hmm. feel that's that's our best chance to work with a large number of businesses, generally speaking. 
Um, where we find our real specialty, I would say, as an impact agency. Um, so that's that's us kind of saying that we really like to work with businesses who are making an impact in the world, uh, mm-hmm. environmental, social change, responsibility with uh, you know artificial intelligence or you know economic good in the world, and that that comes in a lot of different forms. I mean, we see a lot of tech companies in that space, but you know, at the end of the day, we try to work with businesses uh, that are making a difference in the world. Excellent. So I think good. maybe we should touch on the services that you provide. So what what exactly do you provide to your clients? So if you think of a marketing agency, you know, sometimes they're really good at advertising. Sometimes they're really good at marketing. Um, we think of ourselves as a creative agency, most of all. Um, so we run, we run the gamut. Um, if you can name it, you know, marketing, design, custom website development. We do all of that sort of good stuff. But where we find our strengths is in the creative space. So we love when a business could come to us and say, hey, we need help with our website, but we need help with our strategy and our vision and our mission. And, you know, now we need to bring that all together in a marketing campaign. Mm-hmm. That, that's sort of what we love because we really get our hands dirty with the brand. We get to say, you know, this design aligns with your website and it's exactly the same messaging as is on your marketing. So it's, you know, for us, it's not about the piecework. I'm not going to, you know, sell you on social media just because you think social media is important. Um, it, it's about bringing your brand together in a consistent way. Excellent. So I'm going right. to jump in with another question here, Peter, because uh, Carry on. we're just going to switch gears a little and maybe talk about remote work. And, and uh, right now, a lot of people are finding themselves working remotely. And Jordan, I think you've been doing this all along, haven't you? Can you tell our audience what are, you have found what, in your experience with some of the advantages of working remotely and perhaps some disadvantages? I mean, yeah, that's fair. I feel like that question might be a little bit subjective. Um, you know, I think people maybe feel a little bit differently about these types of things. Um, but we have been working remotely for like our whole business's life. Like, to be fair, we're only six or seven years old. Um, so we were founded on the principle of remote learning and, you know, digital workspaces. And the, the one thing that I, that I love to remind myself of is, you know, before the pandemic, you know, rewind like a year and a half ago, um, being able to work online was like a cool thing. If you got a job that got to work online, you were like, yo, that's cool. And I, it's sort of funny. We had a gentleman by the name of Alex Girardi on our team. Um, and he was quite literally a digital nomad. <laughs> it was the coolest thing. He, he, um, he was our marketer. He was our director for marketing, but he was just all over the world all the time. He would go from Ireland to Thailand to, to BC. It was, it was amazing. Um, and I try to remind myself of that because a lot of people today just, they hate it. They hate being online. They don't want to work from home, but I'm like, oh, wait, but it used to be the cool thing to do. Um, did either of you ever work remotely before the pandemic? Yes. For me, yes, that's, did. that's pretty much what I do and have nice. been doing. But uh, yeah, the networking, the in-person networking, of course, is is what has been I found the biggest challenge because a lot of your prospecting, a lot of, you know, meeting prospects in a cafe, having a cup of coffee face to face, that's the yeah. initial, you know, how, how you get to know them. And um, so I found, found that's very difficult, but otherwise the day-to-day stuff, we just carry on, haven't we, Peter? 
Absolutely, absolutely. And and I go back to the 1990s. I was living in a different country and computers were still pretty basic and we didn't have smartphones in those days. And I worked from home. I had a double garage set up as a very nice office on a rural property. I had a fax machine and a couple of telephone lines and that was, and we ran our business. And we, yeah, that was a business with turnover of, of a few millions and we did it just a few of us working from home. So I've been working remotely or from home for nearly 30 years, I guess. Yeah. And one way or, one way or another. <laughs> See, we should be asking you these questions, Peter, because you were the original work from home guy for us. <laughs> and you know how much work we got done before we had computers? <laughs> it sounds crazy. But <laughs> no, before. that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's all different. It is totally different. And, and it shows you how quickly things get obsolete. I mean, uh, I can remember buying a 386 computer, which was state of the art for my office um, to work at home and with a printer. And it cost me then over 5,000 US dollars, right? Then, and it was a fraction of the power of my current mobile phones. <laughs> and, and fax machines are virtually obsolete. Sure. I couldn't use a fax machine if I tried, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Still a few around. Yeah. So what I was I was going to I was going to mention something. I wasn't going to ask you something. I was going to comment when you were talking about branding websites, getting it all together, that your token website is a really good example of that. That uh, I haven't looked at from a couple of months, I'll be honest, but I looked at it in some depth before we interviewed Mason. And I, I was pleasantly surprised at how well you put that one together and how it stood out from so many other marketing agencies' websites. So congratulations on practicing what you preach. That's, a, that's really good. <laughs> it's, it, it can be difficult sometimes. I think we're all guilty of that. Oh, um, yeah. It, I, I owe a little bit of the credit to the pandemic for our ability to spend some time looking at our own business. Like for sure, like a lot of the sales had dried up over those dry seasons when the pandemic was really bad. Um, but, you know, we at Token did our best to not lay anybody off. Um, and instead, we used that time to say, okay, like, let's work on ourselves. Let's work on our marketing. Let's redo our website. And we kind of evolved out of the pandemic. And, and the only good thing that I would say that have ever come out of this pandemic would be that, you know, we always thought of our clients first. We never took the time for ourselves. And this mm -hmm. sort of let us take a step back and, and find that time. Good, good, good. One, one thing I did want to ask you, and I go back to when I was working under the conditions I mentioned a little while back, that I was a lot of export trading. So although I did a lot of stuff by the phone and fax, the deals were concluded generally face-to-face. Right. So my question to you is when you're sharing uh, creative ideas with your clients and trying to get them to see what you're what you're proposing, do you find that more difficult online compared to sitting across the table from them or not necessarily? I mean, I, I want to say no. I want to say that we can use technology to the best of its ability to completely bridge those gaps. But I mean, I think I'd be lying. Um, mm -hmm. It's hit miss for some of our clients. We've got some. We've got some businesses who have been around for maybe 25, 30 years. Um, one of our favorite clients, WinTech, Windows and Doors, um, awesome family-run business. Um, you know, I think for us, um, collaborating with them online is great. Uh, they got a really smart team. You know, they, they know how to use the online tools. So if I invite them into a meeting and we do some visual stuff, they can follow mm -hmm. along with a screen share. But we've got a lot of clients who don't drive that way, that if I send them an email, even if I send them like a checklist online, it's too much. Yep. Um, so I, I have a little bit of difficulty there. I think meetings, you know, you're never going to replace the inhuman interaction, right? Sure. Like you're never going to have that piece there. Even if I can see you, it's never the same. Right, right. Yeah, it's so, hard, harder to pick, sorry, harder to pick up feelings um, uh, on a screen than... Yes 
sitting across the table. Sorry, Kathleen, I did it again. I okay. jumped in when I should have kept quiet. I do apologize. Your turn. I'm just ready for the question. So um, we know in recent years that social culture, in recent months rather, social culture has changed. Has your company culture changed as a result of, of what's going on in the world? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think everybody gets a little bit scared. Um, everybody gets a little bit nervous, not to know what to expect for the new normal. Um, I, I like, again, always count myself lucky because I've got the, the best team in the world. Um, and they like, we hang out, we're friends offline. And I know not a lot of people can get that. Um, but like, we're lucky we have that friendship outside of work. And when, when we weren't allowed to meet in the office, it was almost like our friendship took a hit as well. I didn't get to see these people that I love to work with that I had questions for that I was, you know, I had this really cool idea last night. I wanted to come and, you know, talk to you guys about it. Um, I think for us, like our company culture was sort of our, our social culture as well. Like we hung out after work, we did things, we met up at the office. And when that dissipated, it was really hard, like especially at first because we weren't planning for it. Everybody just went to their own devices for a couple months. Everybody was really anxious. Nobody knew what to do. And as we started to come out of that, we were like, no, okay, like, no, we cannot all be alone. We've got a virtual lunches, you know, root beer o'clock, anything like that. Yeah, I, that was actually what I was going to ask you. How has, have, have you been able to adapt and kind of pivot, which is the new buzzword nowadays, <laughs> is pivot. <laughs> but it's nice that you're actually doing you know, virtual lunches so that you can still meet and have discussions and still have, you know, that social bantering mm -hmm. amongst yeah. yourselves. That's good. Totally. Um, good. We, we run as like a sprint sort of agile shop. So okay. we tend to meet usually like once a day in the morning just to check in and then, you know, either on a Monday or on a Friday, but it's that consistency, mm -hmm. right? Like if, if people don't know the new normal, um, and people feel like they're not connecting, then we give them the space to do that. I'll be like, okay, I'm going to see you guys every day, 9.30 a.m. We'll start talking about our day. You know, we'll do a wrap up on Friday and then, hey, let's play a game or something after. Um, that is it for us because, I mean, we have a lot of digital people like developers and stuff. So um, we like to get online. I'll, usually the team will like expense a couple licenses for games and then we'll just play like Among Us or a Virtual Cards Against Humanity or something fun. Oh, nice. I love mm -hmm. that. Sounds like fun. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Go ahead, you got to spend the time. <laughs> well, that, that's something I'm just digressing slightly. There's something that hasn't gone away. I, I, I'm going to really date my, age myself. We're in the early days of computers, so we're going into probably the early 80s, I got a thing called a VIC-20, which was like a fat keyboard. It was a whole computer, and you played it through the TV. And it had a game on it called, I can't know what it was called, and it was a little digital airplane that went across the screen and dropping bombs and you had to knock skyscrapers down. I mean, it's the sort of thing that would, a two-year-old today would be bored to tears in five minutes. And this, we had people at work who had the same game competing to see who could get the best score and people sitting up till midnight. And so yeah, so video games are great for, for teamwork and keeping people together. I went off on a tangent. You know, I was going to ask you something else that... If, if we watch the media, many companies are, are desperately trying not to offend anyone in the, the current culture, which seems to be coming from universities a lot. Um, however, there's a danger that, that if you go too far not to offend someone in one way, you're going to offend another part of your, your customer base. So, so this trying not to offend anyone, do you think that could be a dangerous strategy for some companies? 
Yeah, I, I, I suppose when you when you focus too much on the appeasement, you lose a little bit of yourself and what you're doing. Right. Um, like, absolutely. If, if I were to entertain my clients consistently and what they wanted to do, um, their marketing would be a blunder, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, they'd be like, I need to do just this and only this. And, you know, we want to guide our clients, like, constructively. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, as far as appeasement goes, I think to the masses, if we're, we're very careful about the tons of words that we pick and choose on our social, but... You know, we st- we stand by ourselves. We're we're proud of our work. Um, we sure. believe in what we do, and you know, we have a very clear mission vision statement that you know, over the course of the year, that we want to become one of Canada's most multifaceted marketing solutions, and you know, we want to help people change the world. And we just we stick to our devices. You know, we keep our vision and mission very clear, and you know, we try not to stray too much out from that. Great. Oh, that's good to hear. That's that's excellent. Good. So I'm going to ask another question, and it's a bit controversial right now especially in today's times, but what are your thoughts on companies making vaccines mandatory? What are your thoughts on that? Mm. Ooh, that, that is a tough one because you don't want to, you don't want to force people to do things that they are genuinely not comfortable with, but you don't want to come across as an anti-vaccination type of person. Um, like I, I holistically believe that vaccines are a good thing. Genuinely. I, I heard a story um, that there's like a measles outbreak going on in the United States is another example as well. Um, and, and these children are dying in the hundreds of thousands every year from measles, something what we used to think was eradicated. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's only coming to pass because we stopped vaccinating or, or maybe a group of people stopped vaccinating for some reason. And I think that alone is, I, I don't know how to say don't get vaccinated. Like if I go in public, if I'm vaccinated, I want people around me to be vaccinated. I want them to be safe. And, you know, I know a lot of social gatherings are probably going to enforce it. I mean, for us, if you want to come into the office, we're going to ask that you get vaccinated just so we can all have a safe space together. But if you don't feel inclined to do that, then stay online. I think it's okay still. It's tough. Now, Flipcoin, what do you think? (laughs) Well, I know Peter's outspoken on this. So Oh, I'll, I'll, stick, I'll stick my head on the block, and I think any. Uh, let me let me go back a step to so to help you understand why I am a contrarian or a maverick. Um, I spent quite a lot of most of my life in Africa, and I saw in Zimbabwe what happened when government stopped uh, sticking to the rules or the rule of law, and and I lost everything in Zimbabwe. It's on my blog what happened, and but this is not about me. I just say that when governments decide they can override the law and trample on human rights, where do they stop? And and my huge concern is it might be mandatory vaccine for a virus today, but it could well be you can't drive your car if your license plate ends in an odd number tomorrow. And it might, and that sounds ridiculous, but um, exterminating 6 million people in World War II would have been unthought of before the event, right? So what I'm saying, it's thin end of the wedge. If you If you accept the thin end of the wedge, where is it going to stop? And we saw the the really restrictive measures taken by the Victoria province government in Australia, where they were beating pregnant women. And oh, I mean, it was just unbelievable what was happening. You know, police were given unlimited powers and just got carried away, breaking into people's houses, taking kids away. It went to excess. That's my concern about making the, the vaccine mandatory. My other concern is that it is no matter what anyone says, it is still an experimental drug that hasn't gone through all the normal uh, long 
trials, animal trials, uh, periods to evaluate um, allergic reactions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But again, I don't want to go down that track. I, I just feel there's problems with any sort of mandatory stuff. Um, I think I think that's enough for me on that one. But I'm not frightened by saying what I believe. <laughs> oh, well said. Thank you. So just get back. You're, you're strong on injustice, and, and I am too. We might uh, promote different causes, and and my basic way I try and live my life, my philosophy is live and let live, right? Um, that's, that's what I try and do. I don't always do it too well, but... And I look at these companies who, who speak out about injustice and they adopt causes and it comes back to bite them very badly. And I look, I'll use Twitter as an example. They, they ban Donald Trump and they lose uh, something like 100 billion off their, uh, 105 million immediately off their capitalization, right, of equity. So, so where does a company draw the line in speaking out about injustice? I, it, it's a, it's there's no right or wrong answer, but is it something that you guys wrestle with when you're advising your clients? Yeah, it's it's totally a tough question because business in itself is is um, I want to say like it's powerful to have a platform to to speak out and to have sure. people listen to, and I and I'd like to think for the right reason or for the right cause that you could use that platform for good. Mm -hmm. um, that when a lot of the things that were going on this past year happened, I, I know that Token would intentionally make some posts about it um, to either drive awareness or to funnel people to a charity or, a, or like a fundraiser sure. of some sort. And I think that's okay, but we need to be very careful when we as business owners start to bring our opinions into the mix. Um, like it's, it's, it's such a fine line and I don't even know where that line in the sand would be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that, that, that's, it's, it's a really difficult one. Uh, <clears throat> Very, very difficult, and I think going to get more difficult in, in the climate that we live in at the moment. And, and I think, sadly, some of the deserving causes will get lost in, in this mist of confusion that, um, whereas a couple of years ago, a company might have said, yeah, we really want to support this cause because it's doing a good job in the environment, for instance. Uh, but suddenly, they might be a little frightened to do that because someone else says, well, that company has got the wrong name for their soup, so you can't support them. So, you know, where, do you, where do you go with this one? So. Right. I, I, would, I think I would typically like encourage my clients to avoid lots of controversial posts. But you know, I think at the end of the day, if, if you can do something good and, and use your business as a platform to do that, or if you have the, if the power to do something and make a change, I feel like you should. Mm -hmm. Like if you can genuinely make an impact with you know, as silly as it might seem, a social post or a campaign that you do, then I feel like it, it's up to us to, to take that cause, I don't know, cause of action or that, that, that call to action, I guess you could say, and, and yeah. try to make a difference. I, I think also there's a case to be made for if you feel very strongly about something personally, uh, perhaps you should push that in your personal capacity and not your business capacity. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of people confuse the two and, uh, and damage their business for the right reasons, but getting the wrong results. So. Anyway. Um, Kathleen, have you got something else you wanted to ask Jordan? I've still got something I want to ask you. Oh, well, then you go ahead, Peter, because I was just looking at the time and we're almost... I know, it's marching <laughs> on and I know you keep me on a tight rein on the time, so I'm going to be quick. What I want to ask you, Jordan, is is what's next? Where where do you see Token going in the next couple of years? Oh, man, I could, <laughs> I could talk about like projections and goals and, <clears throat> excuse me, forecasting, but... Um, you know, for us, our, our, our vision is to help these business world get back on their feet. Like we started in Kitchener-Waterloo, but as we can, we grow to Canada. 
Right now, we're offering subsidy community program offerings for businesses that are just looking to get on their feet, like 50% off a website. You know, if you know, you've been severely impacted, not, not a not a gift, not a gesture because the pandemic sucks. More of like, hey, we're almost out of this. You know, let's band together. Let's get back on our feet and, and, and let's get back to reality. And so all right. I, that's all I want to do. I want to help Kitchener-Waterloo because I was born and raised in Kitchener-Waterloo. Um, I think I've been on almost every street in that city and, and I love it, right? Like it's home. And, and so I just want to see the people there do well. Good. Oh, that's, that's excellent. Well done. Well, we wish you the best of luck with that. And uh, we'll so, watch We'll watch your progress. Absolutely. So, Jordan, tell our audience how people can contact you. Yeah, please. Um, any way you, you live online, uh, you can contact us, like Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, all of that good stuff. I'd probably say check out on our website. That's your best bet to find us. And that would be tokencs.ca. Or you can send us an email and either myself or Mosin could get back to you. Our email would be imagine at tokencs.ca. Imagine. Love that. Well, thank you for that. And thank you so much for being on our show. It was an absolute pleasure. And um, thank you all again so very much for tuning into our show. We so appreciate you. And again, we love reading your comments. So please keep them coming. And again, if anyone out there is interested in being a guest on our show, please don't hesitate to reach out to either Peter or myself. And on behalf of Peter and myself, and until next time, take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone.